At this point, the board will now hear a second opportunity for public comment, subject to board policy 2-230. This opportunity for public comment will be limited to 60 minutes. To reiterate, after being recognized by the board president, interested speakers should state their name before addressing the board. Members of the public will be granted a maximum of three minutes each to provide comment on school district matters. Individuals that have signed up for public comment cannot yield their time to other individuals in an effort to give others additional time above three minutes. All those speaking are expected to act with respect and civility and to conclude within three minutes and if requested by me. Um, everyone has a right within reason to be heard respectfully. Members of the public will not be allowed to speak a second time until all members of the audience who wish to speak have been allowed to do so. Public comment should not be redundant and all comments should be directed to the board. To provide accurate response, detailed questions posed to the board during public comment will be listened to and taken under advisement. The public is always welcome to meet with school officials to receive information, discuss ideas, or express concerns. If the public has any letters or other written materials, they may be submitted to the board clerk for public record. Julia, our board clerk, will be timing public participation and will advise when we have reached your three minutes. Thank you. And are there any members of the public who would like to address the board? Hi, thank you to the board for allowing comments. Um, my name is Annie Adsa and I'm a Lake Bluff resident. I have five children. One currently is a junior at the high school, two have recently graduated and I have two that will soon be entering. Um, I'm here tonight to voice my support of the 21-22 District 115 School Board. You are duly elected officials who are volunteering both your time and expertise to ensure the success of all the Lake Forest High School students and staff. I may not agree with every decision you make, but you have been entrusted to make decisions on behalf of all stakeholders. I was disappointed, somewhat appalled, to see the behavior of many, not all, but many who spoke at the last meeting. You deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. I have heard about the tons of letter, supportive letters that you have received in your inboxes. I'm here now to say thank you in person. Thank you for navigating a health crisis while keeping our kids and the staff's safety foremost in your mind. Thank you for creating an environment that allowed our kids to return to in-person learning. For school sports to be back in action, for kids to be dancing on the front lawn celebrating homecoming. Thank you for all the smiles under those masks. I appreciate you and I appreciate you dedicating your time and your talent. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. Um, hello, my name is Annika Cottom and I'd just like to say one thing to our superintendent. Um, on your update, you mentioned how the, you met, you showed how many cases were in our general area. I just think one suggestion I would have is um, putting up how many deaths there are in our general area because I think there should be a good comparison that everybody in the community should see because if we're being honest, there aren't that many deaths and we're all just getting herd immunity and I think that saying that there are growing cases or saying that there um saying that there are growing cases is misguiding people 
when you see the amount of deaths in our area. Um, and that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Cottom. My name is Kevin Carden, and I live in Lake Forest. I've had two kids go through the school district from kindergarten to high school. I too would like to thank the board for all the hard work, your professionalism, your courage in doing the work that you're doing. You're protecting our most valuable asset in this community. I think you're doing a great job. Although I may not agree with you all the time, I do appreciate what you're doing. I was personally embarrassed by the conduct of many of the last meeting, and I know Lake Forest is better than that. I personally also would like to voice my agreement with your decision to abide by the governor's mask mandate. And if, even if the governor didn't require it, I would still urge a mask mandate. But nonetheless, most of all, I want to thank you for the hard work you're doing and thank you for your continued service. Thank you. Hello, I'm Stephen Goldman. Uh, I have two kids, one in high school, one in Deer Path. Been a resident for approximately 11 years. I wasn't going to speak. I wasn't planning on speaking, but I think I have to now. Um, it's the mask mandate that is concerning me. I don't really have a position if children should wear it or shouldn't wear it. What I can't tolerate is hypocrisy. That's what I can't tolerate. And an example is nothing against this board, but everyone is wearing a mask and you're approximately 20 feet from us. However, if you were at a restaurant together, your masks would be off, you'd be talking and laughing and drinking, you'd walk in the restaurant with the mask and five feet later at your table, you'd take it off. Why is that? Explain that to me. Explain to me why we are endangering ourselves uh, by not wearing a mask in this huge room, uh, but we're okay when we're in a restaurant, when we're closer together. So is this a security blanket that you guys are wearing? Or is it for looks and show? Or do you truly believe that the virus doesn't exist in restaurants, but it does here? That's what I don't understand. What I also don't understand, and I think we lose, we lose our common talk about politics in school, when we talk about vaccines and masks, I think people draw the line, and some are on one side, one on the other, and common sense can't sway us. My concern is about the vaccines also. Uh, one of my children, I'm not going to mention which one, uh, couldn't participate in something because they were not vaccinated. Now, I'm Jewish. Um, I mean, that kind of makes me think about like 1941, Nazi Germany, uh, when children and adults couldn't participate because of the religion. So my child couldn't participate because of my choice for that child. So vaccines were supposed to be the, the, the savior of society. What happened? I assume all of you are vaccinated, but yet you're hiding behind a mask. If vaccines are stopping this virus, if they're stopping us from getting infected, 
Why are you wearing a mask? Now, you can say, well, there's such a thing as breakthrough cases. And what sickens me, and I ask that anyone fact check me on this, the CDC, to my amazement, categorizes breakthrough cases, people with vaccines that actually get COVID, only as deaths and hospitalizations since May of this year. So they count all COVID cases. Minor Thank you so much. Three minutes have elapsed. Major sickness. They count all of those COVID cases and they tell us that it's a lot more than the breakthrough cases, yet they're only counting deaths and hospitalizations. And one last thing, common sense in the classroom is what I demand also. We are, we are leaning towards having teachers teach us their opinion, divorced from actual facts. It is so woke nowadays. There are people that are woke 24 seven, and that's the problem. When you don't sleep, it causes delirium. And these woke people, woke 24 hours a day, it's craziness. We're teaching children how girls are boys and boys are girls and 206 different pronouns. But we're not teaching them how to balance a checkbook. We're not teaching them how to invest in their future. We are teaching them to be the signers of the back of the check and not the signers of the front of the check. That's my problem. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. My name is Dan O'Neill. I have two daughters. One graduated from the high school this spring. The other is a junior at the high school now. Thanks for the opportunity to speak with the board tonight. Jenny, I read your letter to the community last week dated October 1st. And I understand that pushing back against Pritzker's executive order does carry some risk. But Jenny, throwing up your hands and telling us we basically have no options and simply resigning ourselves to this mask mandate is not at all what we want to hear from our school board. When our children, when our children are being so mistreated, it is not right that our children who don't have a vote or a voice are being forced to wear masks for seven hours a day. It's not right that we're covering their bright, beautiful, happy faces. It's not right that we're stealing their individualism and taking away their identities and turning them into faceless, obedient little drones. What we are doing to our kids is wrong. It is wrong, it is unethical, and it is immoral. And we should be ashamed. So doing nothing and just accepting the executive order is not an option for me and for many parents. Not only because our kids are being so mistreated, but because we all know that not pushing back today only invites additional mandates going forward. And we all know the next mandate is a vaccination mandate. And if you don't think that's where we're going, you ain't paying attention. So board members, I'd like to ask that you please vigorously push back on the mask mandate and fight for a mask optional policy that allows us as parents 
to take the masks off our children and give them back their dignity, their identities, and their joy. Please hear us and do this. Fight for our kids. That's what we ask. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, board, for all that you do for the community. I really appreciate it. And Aaron, you just have so much life in you. I love hearing you present. Um, my name is Elisa Sinclair, and I just want to first start out by saying I am not an anti-vaxxer. I am not an anti-masker. I am a passionate parent who just wants to advocate for choice. I wonder how I would feel being a student and told in order to go to school, I would need to cover my nose and my mouth every day. I wonder how I would feel knowing the science and law didn't justify covering my nose and my mouth. I wonder how I would feel if my cousins and my best friends who lived in neighboring states could go to school without covering their faces. I wonder how I would feel if I lived in one of the 38 states that had no mask mandate. I wonder how I would feel if I had to play volleyball or basketball for my high school team, covering my nose and mouth and not being able to breathe. I wonder how I would feel having my glasses fog up, trying to read, take tests, and type at my screen. I wonder how I would feel holding in a cough or a sneeze for fear I would get sent to the nurse and be forced to take a COVID test to prove that I don't have COVID when the tests themselves are not always reliable. I wonder how I would feel to be relieved to have strep or the flu or a stomach bug or measles or mono, because it didn't require a test or excluding me from school. I wonder how I would feel if I prevented another student from being educated or play their sport because I happened to have COVID and they were sitting by me. I wonder how I would feel if I was vaccinated and my best friend wasn't vaccinated. Would I respect his choice for his body or would I be afraid to hang out with him? I wonder how I would feel if I was not able to be vaccinated and I was told that I had to quarantine and test to stay in school. But my vaccinated friend who can still get COVID and spread COVID doesn't need to test to stay and doesn't need to quarantine. I wonder how I would feel knowing people have developed severe heart conditions and blood clots after COVID vaccinations. I wonder how I would feel going to bed every night, wondering why trusted adults weren't trying to protect my civil liberties and freedoms as a student in Illinois. I wonder how I would feel if I turned on the TV and I saw tens of thousands of people attending concerts and football games and Ryder Cups, standing in the stadium, screaming and laughing, but I still needed to sit in a classroom three to six feet from everybody with my mouth and nose covered for eight hours a day. I wonder how I would feel if I knew my school district took money from the government and it was contingent on them putting masks on my face and other mitigations. I wonder how I would feel if IHSA threatened to take away my sports for not wearing a mask. And I wonder how I would feel if ISPE threatened to take away my diploma for not wearing a mask. I wonder how I would feel if my younger sibling came home crying every day saying that she can't hear her teacher and she can't breathe. I wonder how I would feel watching my neighbors move to different states so their children could not have to cover their face and nose. Thank you so much. Three minutes have elapsed. 30 more seconds. I wonder how I would feel if my school board 
stood up to the governor's arbitrary mandates and pushed back on these threats, not based on science or law, there would be no wondering anymore. I would feel respect and admiration for the adults in my life who finally took a stance and said, enough is enough. Please give our kids a choice. District 115 board members, please be heroes to our kids. Thank you for your time and service. Thanks, Elisa. Good evening. Uh, I was planning not to speak today, um, but I have two things. Uh, first of all, we have like most uh, high school, we have almost like $45 million in our budget, like every single year. And it would be nice, you maybe a recommendation next time you can print something, everything that you're discussing here, because it's very difficult to follow because you approve things. And I don't know everyone, you have idea what you approve. That's one thing. One more thing for the community is um, I'm never embarrassed for anyone else's comment. You know, because it's ridiculous. I'm embarrassed myself. Why I have to embarrass for somebody else? Uh, and I'm living like more than 10, almost 11 years here. For those you two guys, welcome to Lake Forest. This is a real Lake Forest. <laughs> and you're enjoying the best. Um, uh, uh, Superintendent, you were a good fighter in Ohio. You have now two salaries here. Very good salary. And I have to, and you said, that actually uh, the no mass work in your district. Fight here. Now you have two salaries to fight for. Good children, good people, good community, safe. What else you can ask for? No, we take very, we take a long time to come and live in this district. And you just have the blessing to be here. Thank you to everyone who lives here, even the police here, who actually were committed to support the Constitution. Thank you very much and have a good night. Thank you. Hi, I'm Heather Clements. Um, I keep reading about following the money and masking our kids. So I just wanted to read you something and I have a copy for each of you. Um, what you need to know about COVID grants awarded to schools. In May and June 2021, districts applied for COVID grant funds under the new law called the American Rescue Act of 2021. The law provided a one-time past expense relief granted to the 2020-2021 year under the Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplement Appropriations. It also provides a two-year future funding grant for preparedness and response through June, 2023. So what does this all mean? Um, what this, some highlights are for the CDC's agreement highlights are the goal of the fund, the goal of the funds were, the funding was intended to establish, expand, train and sustain national public health workforce under HHS directives. That includes school-based health programs Schools may hire individuals for school-based health care and employees that follow the HHS directive and guidance. The terms and conditions of these grants, by accepting the money, the district must comply with existing and unknown future directives and guidance from the HHS secretary, 
assist the U.S. government in the implementation and enforcement of federal orders related to quarantine and isolation, and must provide to the CDC copies, access to COVID-19 data collected, and future directives that will specify what data is included. So what are the implications of the funding? Well, there's no metric data given to the end to end mask or any mandates. The CDC deleted mask phase outs from their guidance. Another um, implication is the expansion of government run healthcare programs into schools. Also schools blend with medical facilities and becomes the new normal for the young ones. The end of local control districts must follow unknown future HHS directives and guidance. Your right of elected representation eroded by the loss of local control. No medical privacy, which data is to be collected, will be specified, the data collected will be specified in the future. And elimination of parent rights through the expansion of school-based health programs. This sets up the framework to establish a centralized health care system for all. So I ask you, what does this agree, when does this agreement that the school boards or the districts made to receive the funding, when does that expire? What are some of the current and future requirements of the district under the ARP grant? How have the funds been spent and are they slated or are they slated to be spent? Have benchmarks or metrics to end the mandates, have they been provided? No. How are our constitutional rights, privacies, protection of due process secured under Thank the Thank you so much, three minutes agreement? have elapsed. I got one more, a couple more sentences. Have the board members been treated with, have, have the board members been threatened, oh, it would have helped if I put on my glasses, there we go. Have the board members been threatened with legal action, NYSED, to comply with DOH mandates? If so, then board members who are under duress have a conflict of interest and should resign. And I will give you a copy of this. Thanks, Heather. Uh, Taylor Cottom, I'll be brief. Um, I just wanted to discuss and uh, <clears throat> the, the, the last board meeting, I heard two things. One is that um, the members of the board felt threatened. I would like to implore the board that if anyone has made a direct threat of physical violence against any one of you guys, you should uh, report it to the police. And if, you, and if, and if uh, there has not been a direct threat, and it's just people uh, doing their frustrations. You should apologize because we were not actually doing anything to threaten you. Taking our nose, taking our mask and having it slip below our nose is not a direct threat. <clears throat> Secondly, I, I want to actually commend you because I ran for the board. I know that it is, a, is not a paid position. People say things about you all the time. Believe me, I, I had the same thing coming at me, but it's part of the game, so. I would just implore you to get a spine because there's a lot more that's going to come in the future. Thanks. Thanks, Taylor. Good evening. Can you hear me? So for full disclosure, Julie, my native language is not English. So please give me an extra 20 seconds. I want to be clear and I have the mask. Thank you for allowing me to share my views with you tonight. My name is Ulysses Carrillo. 
my wife and I have resided in Lake Forest for the last seven years. We have two children, one at DPM and one is a freshman and a proud scout football player. We love and respect our teachers. <clears throat> Voltaire, the famous French writer, who influenced our form of government, once wrote, I disagree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. <clears throat> so thank you again for providing this forum for civil discourse of ideas, allowing me to express my opinion. And I trust I can do this without fearing any type of repercussions to my children in school. Let's understand that we're all here because we care about our children. We all do. That's why we're here. Back in February of this year, I wrote a letter to the DPM leadership expressing my dissatisfaction and concerns regarding some University of San Francisco posters placed on the walls at DPM. I have no idea if the letter was ever received, nor read, as I never received an acknowledgement, let alone a response. This evening, I would like to convey a similar message opposing the teaching of critical race theory as part of the public school curriculum in Lake Forest. I submit to you that shaming our kids into guilt is not education. Rather, it's an overreach and a sad attempt to indoctrinate young, malleable minds. My children should not be made to feel privileged because their parents are heterosexual. The only privilege we have is to live in the United States of America, a country that has given so much to so many and asked for so little in return. <clears throat> Having fought my way out of tyranny and communist oppression and working hard to earn opportunities in this beautiful country of our tax dollars to indoctrinate our children on a concept rooted with Marxist foundations, unacceptable. Marxist governments in the former Soviet Union, Cambodia, China, Cuba, and elsewhere racked up a count a body count of nearly 100 million of their own people in their 20th century. They are remembered for their gulags, executions, and mass starvations. In practice, Marx's ideas unleashed man's darkest brutalities. I suppose we have a vexing dilemma, and I don't have the proverbial silver bullet or solution. However, there are many things we could do to promote healing, peace, tolerance, and love without shaming our kids. I would rather teach my children 
of my own life experiences as a brown-skinned immigrant who arrived in this country with hardly any material possessions, fleeing communism, but with a will to win. But certainly, this, one not, this would not fit the CRT narrative of shaming our children into guilt. Our kids are good kids. They are not white Anglos. They are second generation Hispanic Americans. I would like you to help me teach them how to win and overcome adversity. I want them to learn that even in help, sorry, that even in hell, hope can flower. Can we do this together? I think we can. But we don't need critical race theory in our schools to achieve diversity, tolerance, and unity. Thank you and good evening. Madam President, thank you again. Board, thank you again. You know, clearly the question now becomes with respect to mass choice, you know, what do we do? What could we possibly do? It's a, it's a logical thing to say. Let me first submit that I think the community's owed a public vote on this issue. To clearly know where every member of the board stands on a mass choice. And, and, as, and as I said at the very last meeting, if the choice is we're going to absolutely don masks until the governor's last executive order expires, so be it. And that's now the jurisdictional authority of this elected body. If it's not, the community deserves to know that too, but it deserves to know where every commissioner, every board member stands. Now, here's the thing. It's a logical thing to say, okay, what could we possibly do? What are possible paths? What are the possible alternatives? I want to call your attention to three major legal issues that have transpired since our last meeting. Most of you have seen the JCAR ruling. On an almost unprecedented fashion, JCAR summoned the Illinois State Board of Education in front of in August. They refused to show. Under threat of censure, the Board of Education showed to the JCAR. And having testified for the JCAR many times myself, it's almost unprecedented. JCAR asked the Board of Education, where do you get your authority to revoke accreditation? And they ruled 10 to 0, the authority did not exist. That was 10 to 0. They said the authority did not exist. And if your attorneys haven't, <laughs> told you that they're derelict. Secondly, I call your attention to a case in Kendall County, Parkside Christian Academy against Dr. Carmen Ayala and the Illinois State Board of Education. The judge ruled that the State Board of Education and Dr. Ayala acted improperly in revoking their accreditation over masking policy. And what they did was revoke it immediately. The trial judge came back and said, not only do you not have the authority to do that, you have to put them through the path dictated in the Illinois statute, the probationary period which we all talked about last meeting. There's a prescribed method within the Illinois statutes about putting a school on probation to revoke accreditation. Now, thirdly, at 514 today, the Illinois State Board of Education issued new policy to say that their procedure will be absolutely to put schools on probation for non-masking. Put schools on probation. Now, I've heard from several board members in private conversations, phone conversations, meetings, well, they could pull our, they could pull our accreditation, and every time, no, they can't. And that's what's been stated every time. They cannot immediately pull accreditation. They can't stop IHSA sports. That was all in a judge's ruling. They can't stop accreditation for purposes of a diploma. 
and they can't alter funding. This is all very clear. It's been stated to everybody here multiple times. But having said that, let's say you don't believe with that. You're voted, and I congratulate you on winning your election, and thank you for your service in advance. But at the bottom line is, you represent jurisdictional authority on the school district. The community deserves to know where you stand. And again, if the vote is to take, take masking until the, till the cows come home, that's fine too. But clearly the authority exists to walk this probation path. If you decide not to, look, we voted you, we voted you, we voted, we voted you in. I mean, we vote, this community voted you in and wants to support your policies. But they have a right to know, they have a right to know where everybody stands. In a, in a, in a, in a kind of a plea of we're kind of helpless is not what I would offer we'd expect from any of our elected bodies. I salute you for your service. But this is part of service. Knowing where everybody sits. And if anybody wants to talk in detail about this TRO or about the Board of Education policy that came out of 514 tonight, which was exactly what we said, that's what they have to do. All you need to do is a statute, read, and you see they have to do that. Thank or if anybody so wants Over to talk about the JCAR ruling, I'm happy to talk about it. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Is there anyone else? I would like to say one more thing. Um, my name is Annika Cottom again. Um, Thomas Jefferson once said, there is no justification for taking away one's individual rights for the guise of public safety. I'm gonna teach you guys a history lesson. So in 1776, Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence to King George along, and he signed it along with John Hancock and such. And this, Declaration of Independence basically stated that we are individuals, we have the right to choose, and that you are no longer our leader. Pritzker is King George, and you guys can act as Thomas Jefferson or John Hancock or many of the other people who signed. And you stated that there are a lot of consequences with, um, what's the word? With contesting Pritzker's mandate. There are a lot of consequences. There were a lot of consequences for sending the Declaration of Independence. In fact, it made them, tr they, when they signed it, they, were, they, they committed treason against their own country. And I think, I think that you guys need a little bit more courage and you guys need to take a history class and learn from the founders of our country that we will not give up our freedoms to Pritzker and we won't give up our freedoms to anybody because we are independent to choose. And if we do so, we will not get it back. And there are many countries who have given up their freedoms like Australia and it's ended badly for them. So I think it's, it starts on a local, a local scale. And then when people start giving up small individual freedoms, then we tend to give up more freedoms and that can lead to catastrophic results. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. Hi, I'm Deanna Starks. I have um, three children. One graduated last year, a child at um, Everett, and a daughter at a freshman in high school. Um, I'm not one to talk in public whatsoever. I'm, I hate it. I'm not good at it. Um, I just had to get up right now because Miss Sally Davis has not looked and paid attention to the last six people who have talked. 
And I can tell you're smiling under your mask, and I think that is so disrespectful. Every one of you had listened to everything everyone had to say, except her, she's been writing something very important. And I think it's really disrespectful. Is there anyone else who would like to address the board? Okay, seeing none, I'm going to move on to announcements. 